Tonight, it's not my goal in any way to be morbid, but I want us to think about epitaphs that God has written. You know, there's some statements written about people we find in the Bible that seem to characterize their lives and what they were known for. And I refer to these tonight as epitaphs from God himself. Perhaps you've had the experience of walking through a cemetery from time to time where the bodies of the dead have been lain, and perhaps you stopped occasionally to read an inscription on one of the tombstones, and we often fail to realize that God has also written epitaphs about these very same people. And one day God is going to write our epitaph according to the way in which we live upon this earth. In order to have a proper frame of mind tonight, I want to begin this lesson by making sure we understand the frailty, the uncertainty of life itself. The Bible does say that it's appointed unto man once to die, Hebrews 9 and verse 27. We're admonished to boast not ourselves of tomorrow, for we know not what a day may bring forth, Proverbs 27 and verse 1. James said, our lives are like a vapor, a mist. They appear for just a little while, and then they vanish away, James 4 and verse 14. And since our lives are so brief and uncertain, we ought to be be very concerned about how God's going to characterize us, the epitaph that God will write about our lives. You know, epitaphs on tombstones is a very old custom. It's literally an inscription put on a tomb. Uh, These were used by the ancient Egyptians, the Greeks, as well as the Romans. And usually an epitaph would contain some verse of hope. Uh, For example, one epitaph said, All you that read these lines should stop a while and think that I'm in eternity and you are on the brink. I remember while I was in college, uh, we visited one of the oldest cemeteries in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And there's a big sign as you enter that cemetery, and that sign caught my attention. I never forgot the words that were on that sign. It said, to all those who pass us by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you shall be. Remember, man, and pray today. You know, we ought to be concerned to a certain degree about what our epitaph is going to be. But even more than that, we must be concerned about how God will write our epitaph, what God is going to characterize us as being. And we need to think about perhaps some epitaphs that God has written in days past and gone. And as we think about these epitaphs that we observe about people in God's word, we need to think about how we would like our epitaph to be written. I want to begin tonight by noticing some very positive and good epitaphs. For example, think about Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, that Jesus went about doing good. He did good physically. He did good mentally. He did good for others spiritually. 
We need to follow the example of our Lord and Savior. We need to go about doing good things. Good things for other people. Bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. In Acts 9 and verse 36, we read the epitaph of Dorcas. The Bible says about this woman that she was full of good works. Isn't that wonderful for somebody to be able to say about us that we were full of good works? Here was a woman evidently that was willing to sacrifice, to give of her time and talent in order to do good things for other people. And I love the epitaph that could be written about Barnabas over in Acts chapter 11 and verse 24. There the Bible says about Barnabas, he was a good man. Now it's very interesting that the only other person about whom that is said in the Bible is Cornelius. But here was a man, Barnabas, that is said to be a good man and full of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word good, I believe, is a splendid word. I don't think you could find a better compliment anywhere than somebody referring to you as being a good person. Now, the word good used in the Bible is always used very cautiously. Today, we may just flippantly say that, you know, so-and-so was a good person. The Bible's very cautious when it uses that word. And the Bible is saying a great deal when it says that Barnabas was a good man. I think Barnabas was a good man because he was willing to give of his own possessions. In Acts 4 and verse 37, the Bible says about Barnabas that he had land and sold it. He brought the money and he laid it at the apostles' feet. Here was a man that sold his own land, his own possessions, in order to provide for those who were in need. I think Barnabas was also characterized as a good man because Barnabas was an encourager of other people. According to Acts 4 and verse 36, he was called the son of exhortation. He was always there to encourage brethren to keep it up, to never give up, to never quit. He was an encourager of people. You think about the way in which he would encourage somebody like Paul or John Mark. And wouldn't it be wonderful if God could write our eternal epitaph like he did of Barnabas, and say about us that we were good. Or I think about the epitaph that could be written about Enoch in Genesis 5 and verse 24. There the Bible says Enoch walked with God. Now could God say that about you and me tonight that we are walking with him? Here was an individual that was morally and religiously right before God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5, the Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Here was a man that pleased God by the way that he lived. He apparently put God first in all things and he was so faithful to God and he walked so closely in tune with God's will that Enoch did not even have to deal with physical death itself. 
So I need to ask myself, am I walking with God? Am I serving the Lord faithfully in every respect? You know, the Bible says about Abel in Hebrews 11 and verse 4, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than did Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaks. Now because of Abel's great faith, Abel still speaks to us even though he's been dead for thousands of years. Here was a man that had enough faith in God to take God at his word, to do what God required. And even though Abel has been dead for thousands of years, he still speaks to us today. We still hear about this man. We're talking about him even tonight. And the Bible says in Revelation 14 verse 13, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from Henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Or think about those in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 18, where we see the resurrection described of those whose epitaph reads, Asleep in Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful description, to be asleep in Jesus? It's something to consider the fact that we can be asleep in Jesus Christ and how we need to strive to live our lives so that we can be accurately by God described as being asleep in Jesus. It was said about the man that used his talents that God had given him In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21, he said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, wouldn't that be a wonderful statement for God to make about our lives? Wouldn't it be wonderful on that last and final day when we stand before God in judgment to hear God say, Well done, enter thou into the joys of your Lord. And we need to be challenged by this servant to use our talents and our abilities in the very best way we can. In Revelation 14, verse 13, faithful Christians are said to be at rest. Now, if Christians are at rest when they die in the Lord, doesn't that imply that they're tired from their work and from their labor in the service of God? Are we really working to build up the Lord's kingdom? Are we laboring to make sure that we put the Lord's church first in all things? Could God say about your life if you were to die that you are now truly resting from your labors? Or consider the church at Philadelphia about whom it is said, you have kept my word. Are we allowing the word of God to be the sole authority and guide for our lives? Are we keeping the word of God? Are we following that word without addition, subtraction? Are we doing what God's word says and respecting the authority of God? You know, we need to be the kind of people about whom it can be said that we have kept the word of God. 
that we're taking God at his word, that we're doing what God would require us to do without questioning his authority. Or in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, Paul wrote his own epitaph when he made the statement, I have kept the faith. Now, could we see the same thing? Could we say what Paul said? I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. And we need to make sure that we hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, as Hebrews 10 and verse 23 says. We ought never to let anything come between us and God. And like Paul, when we come to the end of life, we can truly say that we have kept the faith. And now there is laid up for us a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to us in that day. Let's kind of switch gears, though, for a moment. Let's notice some negative epitaphs that God wrote about certain people in the Bible. I think about Judas, one of the chosen 12, one of the apostles. The epitaph of Judas would read, betrayed him. Here was a man that was with our Lord for some three and a half years, Heard our Lord preach and teach. He observed the miracles our, our Lord did. He knew without any doubt whatsoever that Jesus was the Son of God. And yet Judas betrayed his master. Judas was nothing but a traitor. Could it be that sometimes we become disloyal to our Lord? Do we ever, by our behavior, become unfaithful to God? May it never be said about any of us who claim to be followers of the Lord that we betrayed him. And oftentimes, though, if we're not careful, like Judas, we will betray the Lord. We'll betray the Lord for a few extra hours of sleep on Sunday morning in worship services. Or maybe we'll betray our Lord for a few extra hours of pleasure on Saturday night and, and we'll miss Bible class. Or maybe we'll sell our Lord on Sunday night or on Wednesday night. Or, or maybe we'll go out and betray our Lord by how we talk, how we act, by the way that we conduct ourselves before others? Are we letting our light shine? Are we shining a positive image on Jesus Christ and his church? May it never be said about our lives as it was about Judas that he betrayed him. Another negative epitaph that God wrote is found in Hebrews 10 and verse 26 where the Bible talks about those that sin willfully. And sad to say that the words sin willfully will be on the epitaphs of some people. The Hebrew writer said, For if we sin willfully, after having received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. You know, it's serious when... Those that were once faithful, those that were once dedicated to the Lord, 
can somehow turn their backs upon God and do those things that they know that are wrong in the sight of God. You know, the epitaph of some might be what is said in 2 Peter 2 and verse 15, where the Bible says some have forsaken the right way. Or in Revelation 2 and verse 4 to the church at Ephesus, the Bible says you have left your first love. Or think about 1 Timothy 1 and verse 19 where the epitaph of Hymenaeus and Alexander would be that they made shipwreck of the faith. We find the awful epitaph about Demas in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 10 where the Bible says about this man that he has forsaken me having loved this present world. I think about Jezebel, and of course, we always have a negative connotation about Jezebel. She was a very wicked individual. But to me, one of the most horrible things that is said about this woman is found in Revelation 2 and verse 21, where the Bible says she repented not. Here, it seems like an individual was given every opportunity possible to repent, to change one's life, but she would not repent. May that never be said about our lives that we won't change, that we will not repent. When we know and recognize that we've made mistakes, that we've sinned and fallen short, we need to be willing to repent and to turn away from those sins. In fact, that's so important. Jesus said in Luke 13, verse 3 and 5, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Or in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, it's going to be written to some people that they obeyed not the gospel. Now that may very well could be written by some even in this building tonight. There's no doubt in my mind that here tonight we have some young and old who need to obey the gospel. If you look inside, if you look inside your life and you think about your situation with God tonight, you know if you were to die, you would have the hope of eternal life. And one day the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, God's going to take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one day our Lord is coming back. And those that refuse to obey the gospel, the Bible says, are going to be punished with everlasting destruction. And so if your epitaph happens to read right now that I did not obey the gospel... You can change that even tonight. You can obey the gospel. You can be baptized into Christ even tonight for the forgiveness of your sins. And yet I can't think of a sadder day for an individual than for that person to stand before God on the day of judgment and have it said about me that I did not obey the gospel. Over in Luke 16, verse 23, we read about that rich man's 
epitaph. In Luke 16, verse 23, about this man, it says, In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Here was a man that realized that his eternal destiny was firmly set. He was now in everlasting punishment. Here was an individual that literally would give anything in this life if he could have an opportunity to go back and change, to do things over again. And yet we need to realize from this rich man that the epitaph that God writes about our lives is going to last eternally. It cannot be changed. You know, what epitaph would God write about your life? If God were to write that epitaph tonight, what would you want your epitaph to say? Now, it doesn't matter how people view our lives. People may view us in many different ways. What really matters, and the only thing that matters, is what God thinks about our lives. God wants us to have a good and positive epitaph. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But right now, we we each need to ask ourselves, if God were to write my epitaph tonight, what would it say? Would it say that I'm a good person? Could it possibly say that I might be asleep in Jesus or at rest or walking with God? I pray tonight it's not one of those epitaphs that might read betrayed him or sin willfully or left my first love or I did not repent or I did not obey the gospel. You see, God loves us and God cares for us. And he wants us to be saved. And tonight we sing this song of encouragement. If there are things you need to do to make your life right, if you need to obey the gospel, you have the opportunity to do so right now as we stand.